Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. I'm Dave, creator, host, narrator, writer, producer, and, well, I guess you could just say the mind behind AIC Stories. That's right. Like you guys probably know, AIC Stories is a very small, independent, one-man operation. And as you probably know, creating a podcast, especially one with multiple series like AIC Stories, takes a lot of work, a lot of time, effort, and, let's be honest, a lot of money. That's why I wanted to take just a second to let you know that if you love AIC Stories and want to help support the show, you can do that now in a couple different ways, including at buymeacoffee.com slash AIC Stories. Buy Me A Coffee is a way for you as a listener to help keep the lights on and keep the stories flowing. Every little bit helps, and while I was very hesitant to even think about asking anyone for money because, well, who likes to do that? I had more than a few people ask how they could help support AIC Stories, and I figured, why not? People were asking, so let's give you guys the option. And truly, the support means the world to me, so I do sincerely thank you for that. Of course, I know not everyone is in a position to financially support the show through Buy Me A Coffee, but that doesn't mean you still can't help me out immensely. If you can take a second to leave a rating and review, or even just share the show on social media or tell your friends about all the great storytelling content happening right here at AIC Stories, you'll be helping me out just as much as any financial support through Buy Me A Coffee would. And I'm eternally grateful for any and all help that you guys can give me. Like I said, this is a small independent podcast and it takes a lot of work to keep this thing going and any of this help that you can do really just means the world to me and helps me keep delivering better and better content to you guys each and every week. So jump over to buymeacoffee.com slash AIC stories or just visit AICstories.com and you'll find all the links right there if you want to help financially support AIC stories. Or, of course, you can find me on social media everywhere at AIC Stories. And you can leave a rating, review in the podcast player of your choice. So share the show, tell your friends, rate and review if you can. And if you're able to and interested, buymeacoffee.com slash AIC Stories is where you can go to financially support the show and, and help keep these stories flowing. I do truly appreciate it. I'm sorry for the interruption here. Now, let's get to our regularly scheduled programming. Mystery Minnesota is an original fiction podcast from Adventures in Creativity Productions. Call it an anthology of strange stories, mysteries of a punishing land, and the people that call it home. And these stories impacted one man's life in a way he never anticipated. Believe them or don't. But remember, these stories are told in order, so make sure and start at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll be here whenever you catch up. Welcome to Mystery Minnesota. Well, I'm not sure who's hearing this, and hopefully at least someone will find this eventually, but if you're listening, I want you to know that under no circumstances do I recommend that you begin your own search for Mystery Minnesota. It, it, it's just cost me too much. After meeting Roger Pitsy, after nearly losing my life, after spending months in the hospital recovering, you'd think I would have been smart enough to cash out while I was still ahead, before things could get any worse. But it sucked me in. 
drew me deeper into the darkness with a whispered promise of hope like a beacon in the dark. I, I look back now with the final grains of sand soon set to fall from the hourglass of my own life and I wonder why I couldn't just let it go. Sometimes the, the truth you're facing is stranger than, than any fiction, so we can't help but follow our curiosity, no matter the risk. It's only after it all unfolds that we can fathom the idea that we may regret it. Ah. Ah well. Our story isn't quite done, so we best get to it. I spent the rest of that winter trapped in that hospital, at first confined to that ever-shrinking hospital room and later inside the sterile walls of the hospital itself. That smell of antiseptic cleaner forever burned into my nostrils. It's, it's the only other scent I can remember from that stay, aside from that sickly sweet smell of peppermint that continued to emanate from my healing wounds. It, it was so strong at first that the nurses caring for me they took to calling my room Santa's workshop, and they dubbed me the elf that lived. <laughs> it was annoying, yeah, but they said it with care and love, so look, I can't be too mad. Those doctors and nurses saved my life every bit as much as my brother did by coming to find me right away after the attack. If he hadn't thrown caution to the wind and followed me when I told him to stay put in the car, I'd have, I'd have bled out on that dirt and fur-covered barn floor on that cold winter night. They never did find any trace of Roger, though, and believe me, the local police had no shortage of questions for me as soon as I was stable enough to answer them. But what could I tell them, really? That some invisible monster attacked me? That I saw Roger come rushing into the room to battle that invisible monster in the moments before I blacked out? Yeah. See, just like my brother advised me, I, I told him I didn't see what attacked me, which isn't totally untrue since, hello, invisible monster means I didn't see anything other than that odd shimmering effect in the air. But I felt it. I feel it. Lord knows I still feel it to this day, though it would seem maybe not for much longer. Anyways, the police took my statement and, after a time, accepted it. The official records call it some sort of wild animal attack, but I know what I saw, what I heard. That was no wild animal of this earth, but at least their nagging questions stopped after that. Look, I, I get it. They have me, a bloody mess, and dying on the floor with the owner of that barn apparently vanishing without a trace. They found a few bloody animal carcasses in the woods at the edge of the property, and they have a guy in Roger who, for all his stoic good deeds over his life, had an extremely traumatic childhood with his brother Jimmy being attacked in the same fashion. It's understandable they have some questions about just what Roger was up to, but I know one thing for certain. Roger was not responsible for that attack. 
What he is responsible for is fearlessly jumping into the fray to fight off whatever it was that had sunk its ice-cold claws into me, leaving my body more scarred than unblemished and leaving me with that nauseating peppermint smell oozing from the multitude of wounds. For that, well, all I can say is thank you, Roger, wherever you are. Those, those long months in the hospital left me feeling depressed, confused, and lonely. The only, the only thing that allowed me to retain my sanity was really my brother. He came by every day to check on me. At first, I was barely aware he was there. The, the pain was so unbearable, and the drugs they gave me, they... Well, let's say they left me in la-la land most of the time, but I could always feel him there. Sometimes he'd just sit quietly next to my bed, and... Other times he'd talk to me, telling me stories of our childhood or keeping me up to date on what had been going on here on the range while I was stuck in the bench. But he was always there. He kept me sane and I wish I could somehow repay him for that, but there's no way. After a time, when we were sure the nurses wouldn't be popping in unannounced, we would talk about what happened at Roger's place. He had some theories that seemed so far-fetched I often found myself groaning at the absurdness of them. Especially because he only had a fraction of the story to go off of. Unlike me, who had all those nasty scars and unsettling thoughts to remind me of every step of the adventure so far. From Ben and old Zeke to Sven sacrificing himself and Jimmy's demise and the pain that caused Roger and ultimately to Roger's disappearance and my own brush with death all because of the obsession with finding Mystery Minnesota. Stupid Mystery Minnesota. Mm. I, I told my brother that if I ever did find out who left that damn note in Grandpa's coat, they were going to suffer for all that has come of it. Well, let's be real, I didn't just tell him that. I ranted like a lunatic filled with rage about all the things I would do to the vile Nimrod that put me on this path. I'm actually kind of ashamed of the things I said in those moments, but look, when, when you're filled with pain and barely holding on to your sanity because of being trapped in a hospital room for that long, while also wrestling with the idea that there was obviously something going on with Mystery Minnesota, well, I, I said some pretty nasty things, but still no excuse. I'm, I'm still ashamed of it, especially now knowing what was to come. My brother, he let me rant and rave like the lunatic I was in that moment. Never said a word. Just sat quietly and listened, nodding his head in agreement, but never adding fuel to the fire. He, he was so much wiser than I ever gave him credit for, knowing full well that if he were to say anything, it would only make things worse. If he tried to calm me down, I'd lash out in anger, feeling like he didn't believe me or have my back. But if he agreed... It was only adding fuel to the fire. I was a, a powder keg of rage and all he could do was let me burn off the flash of rage so I wouldn't explode and ignite the whole thing. Eventually, I'd run out of fuel for the day. Pain and exhaustion would take over and I'd settle down. In those moments, we would talk about Mystery Minnesota. About all that had happened to that point trying to connect the dots between old Zeke and Peppermint, trying to figure out how it all fit together. Sure, we had some good conversations as we speculated, but 
Most of them bordered on the absurd and straight out of sci-fi and fantasy land. We, we actually wondered if maybe all these creatures were the spirits of the land claiming vengeance on the destructive humans that dared settle here. Stripping the land of trees and worse, tearing deep gouges in the earth, ripping out the core minerals for our own gain without a thought to the pain it caused the ancient things that slumbered here long before we ever showed up. We made jokes about how we weren't saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. <laughs> oh, we had some doozies. There, there was, there was even talk of time travel, of, of alternate dimensions, and uh, of a multiverse. Hey, look, we're both big geeks at heart, and some of our fondest memories of comic books and geeky films dealt entirely in those realms. I remember I, I even wondered at one point if this wasn't just some disastrous nightmare I was having that wasn't real at all. A horrible dream I couldn't wake up from, or worse, a nightmare that had entered our world and was now stalking those that dared summon it forth, much like the old classic horror movie of our childhoods, A, a Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> we got a good laugh out of that one. It. It was one of the last times I saw my brother genuinely happy as we found ourselves remembering the old days. Freddy and A Nightmare on Elm Street was the first horror film my brother and I had watched as kids. <laughs> I still remember it. There, there was no way we were remotely old enough to be watching it, but we, we had had a sleepover with our cousins and, and they had access to Showtime. And so when our uncle had gone to bed, we crept out to the living room and all of us kids watched it in the dark. I'll never forget the way the streetlight outside their living room window was casting these deep shadows through the tree in the front yard, and those shadows were flickering and dancing ominously over the whole room. Even though I was the oldest of the cousins, I, I was still probably most afraid during that movie. And I would look away from the television when Freddy was slicing and dicing his victims, only to find those sinister shadows creeping everywhere in that room. <laughs> it didn't help anything, and <laughs> I think we had nightmares for a solid month after that. But, anyways, about a month before I would get out of the hospital, my, my brother burst into the room one afternoon, nearly jumping out of his skin with excitement. All this time we'd been staring at this puzzle of Mystery Minnesota, trying to connect the dots, trying to put it all together, while never acknowledging that we couldn't because we didn't have all the pieces yet. He told me how he was at work that morning and someone had mentioned their old co-worker, Walter, and how once he heard that he got so excited he left work early to come see me. You see, Walter was the co-worker he had told me about that had all those harebrained ideas like I did when I first started digging into Mystery Minnesota. I had never had a chance to try and reach out to him though, but my brother reminded me that he was right here in the same hospital. Three floors above me on the psych floor, in fact. He had been admitted as a long-term care patient because he had, according to his doctors and his family, lost his grip on reality completely. My brother had called Walter's wife when he left work, and she told him he wouldn't or couldn't stop talking about how there was another world out there that none of us knew about. Walter was so adamant about it that he would often just wander off and go missing for days at a time. So she had to place him here in long-term care for his own safety. It, it got so bad that she eventually stopped going to see him even. 
When he asked her if she would mind if we went to talk to him, well, she told my brother, go ahead, but don't expect much. He'll likely just spend the whole time insisting there is something crazy happening around all of us, and most people are just sheep, unwilling or unable to open their eyes and truly see it. But she also asked that we, we didn't mention her name at all. I guess as, as hard as it was to see him lose his mind like this, she just had to move on with her life and he had finally just stopped trying to reach out and save her. I didn't want to go and bother Walter. I insisted it wasn't our place to add fuel to this man's fire, when it sounded best if he'd just be left alone to, I guess, let it burn out if possible, but my brother was adamant that we had to go talk to him. I, I guess because he knew him, had worked with him for a few years before Walter lost it, he, he felt certain that Walter had information that could help us, help me with the puzzle of Mystery Minnesota. So. Against my better judgment, I agreed, and with that, my brother practically ran out of the room. He told me he'd come back tomorrow and we'd go visit this old co-worker of his, Walter. He just had to clear a few things with the nurses for the visit. I remember as I, as I lay in bed that night, I was struggling to get some sleep and the smell of the sterilized hospital room faded to sickening peppermint. and. I drifted off to find myself once again in the nightmare I had nearly every single night. Icy cold pain tearing through my body, that cold dirt floor, sounds of snarling and ripping and tearing just screaming all around me. That thick dark fur floating through the air, clouding vision like the densest fog and above it all the tang of blood mixing with that ever present sickening peppermint. Mystery Minnesota is an Adventures in Creativity production written, produced, and performed by David Swiduck. You can find out more about the show and all of the others at AICpod.com. If you're enjoying what you hear, be sure to reach out to us on social media by following at AIC Stories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or, of course, you can email us via the contact form on the site. If you want to support the show and help more people discover and uncover the mysteries we're exploring, you can leave us a review or, most importantly, share Mystery Minnesota with your friends. Look, no matter where you hang out, be it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Instagram, word of mouth is still the best thing you can do to help support life here in Mystery Minnesota. So don't be shy. Let people know what's up. Of course, we'd love it if you checked out all of the other storytelling fun happening with Adventures in Creativity Productions as well, so while you're at AICpod.com, go ahead and explore all of the other content right there. You can get all of the great projects, like Faded Words and Adventures in Creativity, in one convenient place by subscribing to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice really is the best way to keep up with everything we have coming up for you on Adventures in Creativity Productions. But if you only want to follow the story of Mystery Minnesota, you can find us under Mystery Minnesota in your podcatcher or at anchor.fm slash mysteryminnesota. So get yourself all caught up and stick with us because there's more to the story here in Mystery Minnesota.